Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another probably boring week from Sarah and Sabrina. Yeah. Was your week boring? Uh, Mine's not. It's full of work drama and it's fantastic. Uh, I actually got my ass kicked Friday. Apparently nobody got the memo that Fridays are supposed to be easy days. Uh, yeah, no. Got my ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I hate that we lost an hour. Like, yeah. this really, really upset me. Yeah. But I love the fact that it gets dark at, like, 9 o'clock. No. It's wonderful. No. Love it. No, because now the sun comes up, and it's, like, 4.30 in the morning, and we have sunlight. Like, it's okay. Who invented that nonsense? I, like, Except the sunlight. I'll have to say Embrace that it. I'm glad we don't live in Washington State, because legitimately the sun was up at, like, 4 a.m. and did not go down to almost 11 p.m., so... At least in Virginia, it's not that extreme. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of vitamin D for one person. Well, not only that, but like your natural cycle of, oh, man, it's dark outside. Let me go to sleep did not occur at nine o'clock. Well, no, no. That's why they make drugs. Drugs? No, uh, no, drugs. no, thank you. Drugs? And you can get those little, <laughs> you can get those little eye things that you put over your eyes and it makes it dark. Yes, I you have one of those. That. I have one of those. Yeah. It just doesn't so work. Just put that on. That, well, no. Quit sucking the fun out of the sun. <sighs> fun sun. Sun fun. Anyway. Exactly. What was the rest of your Anyways. week, Spring Forward Lady? Um, Yeah, pretty much boring. Although, I did. Yeah, I was just about to ask you, like, how, how are you liking it? Is it nice? It looks a little smaller than your other cup. It is a little smaller than my other cup, but it's actually absolutely perfect for a cup of coffee. Nice. And it's wonderful. And I'm sure that it will hold plenty of beer. Plus, if I start when I'm not if, but when I start drinking beer out of these again, um, I'll get my steps in because I'll have to keep walking back and forth. But it'll hold enough beer. Can you hold that up again for the fans? Look at that. That looks really yep. good, actually. Do you like mm. it? Is it very deep? I love it. Mm-hmm. It's crispy in the details. Is your story you not on murder? Or is that why you're not drinking out of a your friends don't stab friends cup? Well, my friends don't stab friends cup got used this morning for coffee. Oh, nice. So I didn't want a mixture in my drink. I, I mean, I suppose I could have washed it, but nah. I'm going to need that friends don't stab friends for um, Monday's coffee. Yes. But I will be sure to take a picture and I will post it for our fans. Awesome. That's exciting. So yeah. I figured I would do this one for the podcast because it is our podcast. Know, it is our podcast. Yeah. So maybe I'll switch it up every other week. I'll every week I'll switch them. Maybe I can do that. I can make that happen. You could do that. So <clears throat> there was no uh, there was no uh, threat of me stabbing friends today. So I felt like I was safe to use the coffee chaos chatter coffee mug. Bark, bark. No, no bark. barking today. It's the person with the oh. race car who likes to make his car sound annoying. Oh, yeah. More the annoying. one with the small dick? Yes, that guy. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yep. How was your week? Uh, full of work drama. It's basically 
older people stuck on 12-hour night shifts, like, you start to go crazy after a while. Your body just can't. It's just not as young as it used to be, you know, where you wake up mm-hmm. after three hours of sleep, eat pizza, cram four monsters, and manage to survive. No, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like starting to get to people to, like, irrationally crazy levels. <gasps> yes. You need a friends don't stab friends cup at work. Girl, I need to get one for everybody in my fucking team. Yes. But that's currently where we're at right now. Okay. A lot All of petty, right. uh, like, high school-ness, but oh. on a government work level. <laughs> I feel like that's extremely dangerous. <laughs> you should give it a go sometime. Like, the red flags just went up. Like, it, yeah. Danger, danger. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so, yeah, basically these people, like, we just don't have enough bodies to support what they want us to support manning wise. And Uh so like we're going on, I don't know, four weeks now of Panama 12 hour night shifts for some of these people. Wow. But we don't have, again, enough people to like do a one for one swap. Oh. Yeah. So we're just kind of sorry about your luck. Suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. We'll compensate you on the back end type ordeal. Mm. But it's kind of like, I get that we all, you know, did My husband just left. Okay, bye. Sorry. Bye, husband. Yeah. See you later. Uh, Oh, maybe he went to go get groceries. Enjoy your shopping trip. Okay, anyway. um, Anywho. Yep, we all swore the oath, you know, 24 hours, seven days a week, give our life for the, you know, service of the country, whatever. But Uh we have civilians that are like, oh, man, I'm getting so much night pay and overtime and I'm going to make this much money. And oh, how cool is that? How about you guys? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, go fuck yourself, Steve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nobody needs that, Steve. Yeah. Nobody. We don't need shut, you to rub it in. Shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. Sit down. Yep. And don't look up. Yeah. Don't, don't, anybody in camo, don't talk to them, okay? You're yeah. offensive. Everybody's feelings are annoyed. <laughs> they're, they're not even hurt. They're just annoyed. So. And they know how to kill you a hundred ways. So just sit down, yeah, shut the fuck down. up, yeah. and do your job. You see that piece of paper? You, yep. Yeah. Game on. So, um, yeah. Other than that, okay. well... Wrapped a paddle. I got a blister wrapping a paddle. What? What? Can you see? How dare you? How dare that paddle give you a blister? I know. It's the first time I've ever gotten a blister wrapping a paddle. But it's done. Wrapped. Done and dusted. Here. I'll show you. Not there. Not there either. Right there. Found it. Ew. Very nice. Yeah. You're so crafty. Wrapped it. There you go. So, so crafty. Hey, that's where I was born. <laughs> Communist. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Anyway, uh, yeah. How about you? No work drama, clearly. No. No work drama. Okay. My animals... Uh, almost found new homes Friday night. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Both of them. Y- yes. Yes. Both of them. Okay. So 
I really feel like they were tag teaming on me and I'm not sure why. So I, Eric went to bed early, which was fine. He took Leo to bed with him. And so I probably went to bed maybe an hour, hour and a half after Eric did. And Rue, whenever that happens, usually Rue will come to bed with me. He'll stay up with me and then go to bed with me. But this particular night, um, I went to bed and Leo decided this was the perfect time to lick his balls. <laughs> and you know when dogs lick, they make yes. that, yep. that annoying sound. And Rue decided that my feet did not need a place on the bed. So I'm listening to Leo. Clean him. I mean, I'm or whatever. Yeah. And I'm sure that it wasn't just his balls. I mean, as much licking that was going on, <laughs> it had to have been the legs, the paws, the belly, the back. I don't know. But I was about ready to kill them all. I rolled over and it's 1 a.m. in the morning and I still haven't gone to bed. Rue refuses to move out of the way so that I can get comfortable. Leo, I turned the radio on because sometimes when I turn the radio on, like he'll stop. He'll stop licking and he'll just yeah. go back to bed. So I turned the radio on and I turned it up and he starts licking louder. <laughs> so I know this motherfucker was doing it on purpose. <laughs> So, and then I finally get to sleep, probably get about three or four hours, and Rue decides, because Eric and Leo got up, that I need to get up oh, now, of course. too. Clearly. So human. he gets in my face and meows extremely loud, and Eric tries so hard, like, he tries to get all the animals out to let me sleep in. Bless his heart, he's a wonderful husband. But Rue manages to sneak back into the bedroom and meows in my face, then jumps on me, wants pets. And I was like, <laughs> everybody is in fucking trouble. I haven't even been up five minutes. I've only slept four hours. Fucking everybody is in trouble. And Eric's just like, way to go, boys. You got us all in trouble. <laughs> nice. It was horrible. It was a horrible, rough night, but I survived. And then I left the masses. Last night, I left all of them. Eric was having a boys' night on the Xbox. Okay. I was okay with that. I was like, Mama's going to go take an hour hot shower and go to bed. Peace out, motherfuckers. <laughs> nice. And I did. It was wonderful. And did, did so. the uh, the furry animals come to bed that night with you guys, or were they forced to sleep in the cold uh, darkness of the living room? <laughs> <laughs> no we don't trust leo to be out of his kennel at night because okay. he likes to get into everything so he's not allowed to be unsupervised that and if we leave him out you will hear his paws like very quietly Clicking. in the living room and then they will get louder and faster as he runs through the hallway to jump on the bed uh. and you just you just know like your life is over at that point because a hundred pound Rottweiler jumping on you in the middle of the night is just not a fun experience. And trust me, I know from experience mm -hmm. and that will never happen again. <laughs> one so. time was enough. <laughs> Learn from my mistake. Yes. One time was enough. All so, right. Yes. They all did get to come to bed, but Rue got in his spot where it's supposed to be and laid there, which is not where my feet go. I don't mind him snuggling up next to my feet, but if you lay where my feet go in the bed, we have a problem. My feet can't go to the left or the right. They have to be in that spot. It was traumatic. 
But we survived. We survived. And no animals were harmed. They got yelled at. They did not get numbs. No snacks were given. <gasps> no snacks? No I treats? No treats. Oh, God. It was a bad no day. Everybody, everybody suffered. Everybody suffered. Even the husband. Even the husband. He was there by proxy. Yeah. Poor guy. Just because at that day, they were his animals, That's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> you have inherited. These are clearly your furry children. Yes. You did not give them the memo that you do not fuck with mom's sleep. All right. Anyhow. That was all the drama that happened this week for me. And that as was far just as I know. two days ago. Yeah. Man. So it's still pretty raw. Yeah. I thought, yeah. Still, <laughs> still a little weepy. <laughs> that and I lost an hour of sleep last night. Hey, Miss Fun Sun Girl. Like, don't even, yes. don't even complain. You just chewed my ass out for complaining about I the know. sun coming but up I'm earlier. I'm so excited. Look. I know, I think... Oh, there's a kitten in my yard. Why is there a kitten in my yard? It's a little kitten. Well, no, not really a little kitten. Ooh, it's pretty colors. Go home. Don't get ran over. Okay. ATD over. Anywho. <laughs> I just saw him. I don't know where he went. Oh, he's in the neighbor's yard. There you go. Go in the woods. Hide and hide. Oh. And there's a dog. Oh. Okay. We just had an animal chase. Of course you did. Some dog <laughs> found some cat. You're going the wrong way. That's you good. Another way. No, that, no, that's good. Keep yeah. going the wrong way. All right. Maybe you need to close your blind. Probably. But I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so while editing, I left your beautiful song in there. It was good. I also left my little impersonating you thing in as well <laughs> oh this will be interesting yeah because you had i thought you still had one headphone in when you did what you were doing but you didn't so everything i said oh yeah yeah i gotta i gotta go uh i gotta go listen to that so i left that in as well because i found it very hilarious it's fun we're pretty fucking hilarious I would have to agree. Y'all, we got too much shit happening outside right now. She's squirreling. I am. I'm totally squirreling. Okay. So. I don't really have anything else. Um, There was a bone I wanted to pick with you, but I cannot remember what the bone was. And so it's gone. Hold on. There was something we were supposed to discuss. You are correct. It wasn't movies, because I've already finished that one, and it should be off of your... It's still on there! I can't help you then. Like, I went to the end to make sure the credits ended, and it was, like, done. Ah, I remember now. Okay. So, I'm on a uh, Facebook group for uh, women veterans, and each month, it's like a gift exchange type thing. And so... Uh, this month was crazy socks, and I've got uh, this lady who I believe was in the Navy, uh, and she's now an RN, and so I got her some crazy nursing socks, which were really cute, and she really liked them. She got them and sent me a picture of them this morning, <sighs> and 
I also, uh, if anybody works in the medical field, you understand how important pins are. So I got her the pins that you sent me Mm -hmm. that I have betrayed my favorite pin with. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I sent her some of those. So I have forwarded the pin thing. Um, Pin addiction. (laughs) It is an addiction. And uh, you informed me via messenger that I can't stay mad about this forever. Yeah, you can't. And I informed you to tell that to my pen still sitting alone, not getting any love. Um, so. Like, it happens. It happens to the best of things, okay? Like, every day, it's it's a new adventure. Like, these used to be my favorite pins. Because they're colorful, you know, my little basic pilot uh-huh. bullshits. And nah, I got a colorful set of tool pins. Done. The end. Yeah, it's, uh, well, my favorite pin is still sitting there crying because his feelings are hurt. And then, of course, I have ruined this poor lady's love for pins. What if she has a favorite pen and I just. She don't know more. She got a new one. Yeah. Oh, well, see, that's the thing. I'm just spreading hate all over the world. And yet again, on the same side, I'm spreading love. We've got a newfound love. It's like a love hate. But we're leaving the old pins in the past. It's sad. Just put your sad. your old pin with your uh, one of your new pins. That way it has a friend. No, what if I accidentally grab my old pin and then I say something mean and hurtful and it hurts his feelings? Good thing it's inanimate. <laughs> you don't know that. You don't know my pin's life. No, okay. Anyways. So, I'm okay. glad you spread the tool pin love. I did spread the tool pin love. I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. It's like the T with the happy U and the L. I think the happy U. The U with the doots are it's a happy pin. Here, let me look. I'm pretty sure. My God, you have a whole bucket of pins. I do. Um, it's not two doots. It's a line. Yeah. Hold on, let me go close my husband's door. Okay. Secret song to come. Elevator music. Oh, Sarah Shucker butt at me. Woo! We got the booty shake, y'all. The booty shake. Booty shake. We got a booty shake from Sarah. As she slams doors. I got another booty shake. Yes. Winning. 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 <laughs> You did indeed get a booty shake. Got a booty shake. I have no idea what you're saying, but but yes. Uh, so it's not two dudes; it's just a little line over it. Anyways, it's a great pen. Yes, they're great. And pens. I, I, I have forwarded it to a complete stranger, which means <sighs> I am a marketing master for a company that marketing. doesn't even pay me. Uh, yeah, essentially. Yeah, rude. Rude. Oh, maybe we could get on their sponsor program. There you go. Task you with this. You are tasked with this doing. Done. Okay. You're welcome. I'll let
All right. So, um, today in episode 47 of our great adventurous podcast called Chaos Coffee, Coffee Chaos Chatter. Ooh, dyslexia. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, where are we going with this? Did we change the name and I didn't get the memo? No. <laughs> I think chaos is just on my mind. It's been that kind of week. Well, anyway, Coffee welcome Chaos, to Team chaos. And, and Chatter. Um, uh, today, I am your host. Sarah, and I have my other host here, Sabrina, and we are going to go over to surprise topics. But I don't remember who goes first. You. <gasps> Me! Yeah. I can be on the Scuba Squad? You could be on the Scuba Squad. Okay, well, fun, adventurous note for you. My story deals with a shipwreck that was recently found. Ta-da! So we're going to be on the Scuba Squad! Uh, yes, but not... We're going on a scuba squad. We, no, we're not going to be scuba okay. diving with our fun little robot oh, machine. Oh, I had my it. snorkel and everything ready. Mm, no, not today. Not today. <sighs> so, in my usual routine of waking up and scrolling to get rid of all the red notification dots on every single app on my phone, I then hit up the Facebook news because that is just my favorite thing to scroll through and read dumb headlines. And there it was. It spoke to me. <gasps> after 106 years. It was a years, sign from the gods. Maybe. After 106 years, Ernest Shackleton's ship, the HMS Endurance, was found. Wow. I know. And I was like, wow. I got to read this, of course. So I'm reading it. And I was like, well, this is pretty cool because the ship is pretty much in pristine condition. Like it's as if it sank a week ago. Okay. That's pretty cool. So I was like, oh, yes. Well, let me do more research. Well, two days later on the Facebook news feed, there was another article of the sameness, you know, just written differently. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, all right, let me just do some more researching. So I pulled up the history.com and I pulled up the wired. I think it's wired. Nope. NPR, NPR.com org. Okay. Dot org. Anyway, moving on. And we've also got the Smithsonian. So three different, you know, stories of the same thing, just kind of history. Some had little bits that others didn't. And I was like, that'll be my topic. Love it. Because it's really cool. And we just talked about the Big Deep Ocean. I know. Yes. So fun times to be had. All right. March 2022 marks... The finding of the HMS Endurance, which sank in 1915. Damn. So, sank a little while ago. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit, like yesterday. Got it. This fun ship sank off the coast of Antarctica. Hit an iceberg, didn't it? It actually didn't. It just happened to oh. get trapped in ice. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's... Oh, God, that had to have been terrifying. So get ready, because this is a very roller coastery of a story. But fun tip. I love it. Uh-huh. Of the 27 men plus the stowaway, they all survived. Plus, plus the stowaway? Yeah, there was a stowaway. Wow, they all survived? They all survived. And it gets so harrowing. So they're surrounded by ice in the Arctic. I bet you they just jumped onto the ice and ran away. There was an attempt. They didn't get very far. Okay. So here we go. Ernest Shackleton set sail 
December 5th, 1914, on the HMS Endurance from southern Georgia, not the state, for an epic journey to Antarctica. So there were 27 men and the stowaway who they made the steward. They had 69 dogs and a cat called Miss Chippy, even though it was a boy cat. Okay. I just don't think they realized it was a boy cat and they just called it Miss Chippy, which I really want to know the backstory of that, but there's no backstory. Okay. Well, side note, we didn't know Rue was a boy until his balls dropped. So I I get how you can't tell until the balls (laughs) drop with cats. Totally understand. (laughs) And, And another thing, why so many dogs? Because they're going on the ice. So the plan was to land uh, and then gotcha. sled to the South Pole. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. All right. M- moving on. So the reason for this chip, chip, oh my God. the reason for this trip was Shackleton was obsessed with the Antarctic and the fact that it had never been mapped or explored. He was just beside himself to do it. He had tried twice before and both attempts failed just because of the way the ice there works. It's very unpredictable and constantly changing. Fun. I know that's like a good time. hard to imagine, like, because you just think of Antarctica being just ice anyway. But it ebbs and flows with the seasons, so. Yeah. Okay. So his plan was to journey there, make landfall. And then travel to the South Pole while mapping out what they found. Okay. They also set sail with a sister ship called the Aurora, who started at the other end and basically experienced the same sort of issues, but a few of her crew died. Oh, okay. They were rescued much sooner than the people of the Endurance were. Okay. Okay. So after two days of leaving southern georgia they entered the pack of ice and i want to say this is somewhere off the coast of freaking africa um where they left from so the pack ice is just that barrier really uh, thick sea ice that protects the continent of antarctica it's not like it's the part that you know grows throughout the months grows and streams. Okay. So it's very fluid in a sense. So it moves, it, you know, um, runs into each other, forms bigger sheets of ice, that, that kind of stuff. So they were able to break through the ice for several weeks, but on the 18th of January, this is when they became stuck between two flows. So I learned that flows Ooh, okay. are just really thick sheets of ice. They're not icebergs. But they're like the growing mass of ice. Okay. So they're fluid in a sense. But they're not broken off from the mainland, if that makes sense. Okay. So it's like when you freeze something and it grows into itself. Like kind of yeah. that same thought. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. So they did attempt to like break out the ship in hopes to like keep her moving forward. But every time they would make progress, it would just, the ice would just come back. Okay. The weather at the time... It would like just the, freeze again? Yeah. So, it, well, the wind would blow the ice flows together. Together? So just okay. Keep, it just kept the ship constantly stuck in ice. Um, uh, Ordelis, one of the crew members, marked in his journal that their ship 
reminded him of an almond frozen in a chocolate bar. So almond joy. <laughs> They're just stuck. <laughs> They're just stuck sitting there in the middle, you know. Um, so now that the ship was stuck, the sad part about this is, is they were only a few days away from hitting their designated landfall mark. All right, we'll just have to make do with it. Anyway, um, so they were only a few days away from their landing mark, and then it would have only been a few more days to hit the South Pole. Oh. But being stuck in the flows and the way that the ice was shifting, they ended up getting pushed back almost to their starting point is what happened. Oh, shit. Again, they did attempt to free their ship, but... It was like a one step forward, two steps back process, Uh, but they did manage to survive within the vessel for a few months before they tried to, like, they made a plan to, to find land. Um, they managed, uh, originally they managed to cover seven miles, like seven and a half miles within seven days and realized that that was getting them nowhere. So they just decided to set up camp and hope that the the flows of ice took them closer to land. Uh, as they were disembarking their ship, um, Shackleton told them, like, don't carry any more than two pounds of personal gear. You need to make sure that you carry as much rations and food and survival stuff that you, you can take. So yeah. when they were surveying the ships with the submersibles, they were able to find, like, not books and stuff, because that, you know, decays over time, but they found a few boots. Like they were able to see boots, the ships in pristine condition, like other than, you know, the ship breaking apart as it fell, like the whole of the ship, the structure of the ship is perfect. In a oh, wow. Sense. Yeah. So they, they saw cages, you know, um, they saw some of like the cooking cookware. So, cool. and it's all pretty pristine, like in good, good condition. As they, you know, set up a camp after their seven-day attempt to find land, uh, the flows actually took them to where they could see the peaks of the islands in front of them. And it was about 30 miles, is what the article said, from these two islands called Elephant and Clarence. But it was still quite the journey to get to these islands. So uh, I found a picture. They had the lifeboats with them. Mm-hmm. But they were basically carrying them like sled dogs. Oh, okay. So they had the sled dogs pulling some, and then, you know, they would pull. Anyway, so they pack up their stuff. They pack up camp when, once they see the islands in view. And then they then get into this lifeboat, and they set sail for Elephant Island. But it was still that 30 miles in front of them was all open ocean. And the Ooh. weather was not. In their favor. Mm. Funny enough, a couple of them kept journal articles, you know, that was part of their personal belongings that they took with them. And even the ship's captain took a journal entry with, like, a journal with him. And they were saying, like, by the time they hit shore, most of their men were suffering dysentery, like, severe seasickness. And most of them were, like, on the verge of insanity. Yeah. As well as, you know... A lot of them weren't sleeping because of the state of the seas. They were fucking freezing. Yeah. And a lot of them were in the fetal position by the time that they hit shore, just trying to stay warm and survive and, you know, seasickness and dying is basically what they were doing. But they they survived, all of them. 
And this was April 15, 1916. So they set sail December 1915. Four wow. and a half months later, they finally, like, they're now stranded on Elephant Island. Like, <laughs> fuck. Wow. So they still managed to have some rations. Uh, and then they set up the new camp on this freaking island. So this was 497 days into the trip. Oh, 1914 is when they set sail. So it's a year and four and a half months later. My neighbors have their door wide open. <laughs> First a cat, then a cat dog, and then the neighbors. The neighbors. Maybe they just want some fresh air. They did get a new car, though. Looks good. Nice. All right. So a year, four months, four and a half months later, math is hard. They finally they're on land. get to an island. Whew. Um, so nine days after they, you know, made landfall on this island, Shackleton Worsley, who was the ship's captain, and four other men set sail on a lifeboat to reach the closest whaling station to get help. And you want to know how fucking far away that was? A good ways away. 800 miles. Holy shit. On a life raft? On a lifeboat. Boy, these guys had some gahunes. On a lifeboat. On a lifeboat. 800 fucking That's miles like... across the open ocean on a lifeboat. Let's just talk about how cold it is down there first. How did they start? How long did it take them? 16 fucking days. Damn, they made more. <laughs> they made more distance in a lifeboat than they did in their actual ship. <laughs> okay, sixteen days. They finally reached land, but the weather again not in their favor. The seas were attempting to swallow them, which is you know mm -hmm. par for the fucking course. You're in a tiny lifeboat with one sail, six men, hoping for the best. Okay, so eight hundred miles away, they were pushed off course. Then that led to a three-day hiking trek across fucking glacial mountains for them to reach this whaling station. Did they sleep at all? No. I would clearly not, because no. they are making some excellent time. Yes. What were they on to stay awake this long? I don't this is what know. I want to know. They didn't have no no-dos in that time. They didn't have Red Bull. Or monster drinks. It had to have been the cocaine clams. It had to have been. <laughs> Is it podcast talking? Okay, I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on cocaine clams? No, I need to know. <laughs> I probably need to be. It'll probably put me in a better mood. All right. Um. So... The people of this whaling station were fucking, one, miffed because how the fuck do you, three men, because only Shackleton, Worsley, and one other went into the whaling station. Like, they left the other two guys that, you know, guard the boat, don't let it float away. Yeah. So they had to explain who they were and how they even ended up being where they were because most men don't trek the mountain, glacial mountains, just to say yeah. hi to somebody in a whaling station, Okay. So not only did these men show up, you know, almost a year and a half later, they looked they were, fucking rough. They were going to ask about their car warranty. But yeah, the, was. that was the second thing that they asked, actually. 
boat, boat can you warranty. help us? And you're, you know, and we we actually came out here to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they look rough, you know. They're fucking frail. Their hair and beards are matted. They probably smell like fucking ocean and death and shit. So they convince the owner, like the manager of this whaling station, like, bro, we have 22 men still stranded. Like, we need your help. This was also a saga. The first ship ran low on fuel trying to break through ice and just couldn't do it anymore, so turned around and went back. The second ship, from Uruguay, they offered a vessel. They got within 100 miles of the island, and the ice said, no, go fuck yourself, and pushed them back out to sea. So they had to turn around. (laughs) All the while, like, as they're trying to organize, you know, saving these men... Frank Wilde was left in charge. I don't know who he was, like, in the the ranking of men, but Shackleton was like, you're the one who's going to make sure they survive. Okay. They spent 128 days on the island. Like, how fucking shit. Like, it's cold. Like, I get angry when I'm cold. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Like, imagine not showering for that long, because you know they weren't showering. Oh, no, you take an ice bath. Well, even then, your fucking baby wipes are going to freeze. Like, come on now. You're not bathing in that. Well, you're there over 100 days. I'm sure some... I'm sure... Well, you can boil the water. You're on an island. You make fire. Oh, they were using whale blubber and seal blubber to make fire, so I guess so. But still. Yeah. Anyways. um, They... When they were picked up, they were actually, they had been surviving on seal bones. So they were, so yes, they were boiling seal bones. Makes sense. Boom. Okay. Thanks, Sam. (laughs) So day 128, you know, rolls around. They're getting ready to eat their bones. And the third ship, Yelcho from Chile, showed up August 30th, 1916. Said, ah, we're here to rescue you. Come on in. Water's fine. I heard that before. It took the crew less than an hour to pack up and fucking get on that ship. Yep. Yep. They're like, fuck yeah. I'm surprised they they probably left it behind. I wouldn't have even packed up. I would have just got on the (laughs) boat and like told that island it was number one as we were sailing away. I'm just saying. One for me, one for my homies, you know. Yeah. So. (laughs) It's been fun. Gotta go. So. In the epic saga of everybody survived. Oh, except for. So this is the sad part. And I didn't want to put it in. But it, I feel like it's it's sad. So the, ti- the tiny dogs, like the ones that were too young. And the ones that weren't, you know, they believed weren't going to survive the-ness of living in the Arctic were shot. Oh. And they also killed Miss Chippy. That's so sad. That's so sad. I don't, they didn't even say that they ate them. It just said that they shot them because they were just going to be dead weight. I know. I'm sure they They ate them. them. But I'm just saying, like. It is sad. It is sad. uh, But would you rather. I look at it as more of a mercy killing because otherwise they would be. Like. Essentially, it'd be torture to them, you know. So. Gotta look at it as mercy killing. Does that help you sleep? 
No, not at all. Okay. Like, I understand. I'm sure if I was in that same situation, I definitely would have been having dog jerky, but just saying. Yeah, for sure. They probably only kept enough to pull, like, two sleds worth of things, but. Okay. Anyway, it didn't say how many survived. So. Sad part over. Okay. Fast, fast forward, March 2022. They located it by an international team. Who was privately and anonymously funded $10 million. I need to find out how to get that to happen to me. Can somebody anonymously <laughs> anonymously send me $10 million, please? Okay, thanks. $10 million. Yeah, just anonymous. I mean, I don't even need $10 million. If If you just want to send me like $1 million, or I'd even be good with like 500000 Yeah. No. Anonymous, just, just anon- tax an tax write off anon- that. Anon- yeah, anonymous. Anon- yeah, anonymous. Anon- Anyways, mm-hmm. so good for them. Uh, they took Worsley's journal because he detailed where the ship ran aground or well, ran an ice, got stuck in the flows. Uh-huh. And they were actually able to use his journal with the coordinate information. And they found the ship just four miles beyond where Worsley said it was. Wow. Yeah. A lot of that was sonar-driven, like technology, submersible-driven. But they found it at the bottom of the Weddell Sea. Weddell Sea? Weddell Sea? Weddell Sea? Yeah, it's Weddell. Um, And it currently rests... A little over 9,800 feet underwater. Wow. They rank it up there with, like, the find of the Titanic type. Nice. Well, yeah. I mean, that was a long-ass time ago. Yep. And nobody died off the ship, which is phenomenal. Yeah. And they say... Well, like, they said that the whole time Shackleton just kept a very calm composure, you know... Like like morale evented his men through this ordeal. Like he explained before they even set sail, like these are the hazards. This could occur. Make sure mm-hmm. you're well prepared to you know survive arduous fucking sea time and winter. And they all survived. Like even on the brink of insanity and dysentery, like they made it through. Living that's, on that's dog jerky and seal bones. So what a diet. <laughs> Lots of protein. <laughs> um, so the the crew that went out there, I found stuff from National Geographic. Evidently a crew went out in 2019 looking for this ship and didn't have any luck. But I don't know if it was because the ice at the time was too treacherous or if they just weren't looking in the right spot. But the Endurance 22 crew, you like they were only underway two weeks using Worsley's journal, uh, they scanned a 150 square meter area. Okay. That was the tip. The Weddell Sea, Weddell Sea is a million miles squared, so it's a very big fucking sea. Damn. And these guys are just like, yep, these coordinates, let's search this radius, and they found it. Nice. So that was pretty cool. That's way cool. The endurance itself is 144 feet in length. Made completely of wood. And it has three masts on it. And it's cool because when this thing set sail, they had like 
legit photography. And he had a film he had a film guy with him. Nice. So there's uh, like uh images documenting like the ship stuck in ice and like them trying to dig the ship out of the ice and wow. Yeah. We're going to have to add some of those to the website. Uh yes. And then when they found the ship, it still says endurance across the back. Like plain cool. as day. It's really cool. It looks really cool and it's not like like I was telling Damien, it's way too cold down there. So, like, you get your deep sea creatures, but you don't get the ones that are there to, you know, eat decaying material. They're just yeah. there to filter nutrients from the sea floor or whatever. Yeah. So, even though they've set up home there, they're not destroying the exterior or interior of the ship, which I thought was pretty cool. That is way cool. So, that's my story, thanks to Facebook, news feeds, and history.com and the smithsonian well that was way cool like how cool is that that? was quite the adventure imagine surviving that long i think we could do it i don't want to try but i think we could Uh, i could be the morale booster no i just that would be the person that's just like i'm just gonna lay down for a nap forever and then just don't wake me up oh i'm gonna wake you up and if you don't wake up by me shaking you then i'm gonna slap the fuck out of you till you (gasps) And you might be pissed and yell at me, but you'll be breathing and yelling at me. So what if I get a DNR? Uh, that does not exist. And they do in my book. Oh yes. Oh okay. Sorry. Oh for me. <laughs> Everybody for you. else, you're fine. <laughs> We're gonna do this together as a team. Nobody's allowed to DNR. Nothing. Okay. So if we took Rue and Leo with us, bye, Doctor. After Friday night. Peace. <laughs> After Friday night, I'm considering cats too. No. We would not, Rue would not ever go on a bon voyage with us because he's Rue and he gets pissed off when you should have been in the car when we were moving from Texas to Mississippi, okay? Nope. The guilt meows. Coming from the passenger seat were ridiculous. He was in a carrier, wasn't he? He was. But I let him out. Like, we stopped and I let him out so he could stretch his legs in the car. I didn't want to. While Leo was out in the little dog pen running around peeing, going potty, I let him run around in the car. And there was a lot of catnip involved, and I don't want to talk about it, okay? Uh, okay. That's, there's a lot of catnip involved. A lot of catnip. We're not going to talk about it. All right. Well, and uh, just FYI for anybody that has a cat, cats cannot overdose on catnip. Oh, that's good to know. Found that out from experience. Found it out from experience. <laughs> <laughs> not actual research, just, you know. <clears throat> No, Eric did make me research it before we traveled because he's like, I don't want my cat to die. I was like, your cat's not going to die on catnip. Like, catnip is a natural thing. Like, uh, I guess you can overdose on natural things. Just kidding. Cocaine clams. I'm just saying. Mushrooms. Hell of a drug. Anyway, so that's my story. Um, I thought it was pretty I loved cool. It. It's like, I just did it for the pictures, but the history behind it's pretty fucking fascinating, I think. It's great. No ghosties. I, I, nobody, it was, died. nobody died. Nobody died. That's 
that's phenomenal. That's a feat in itself. My story, everybody dies. <laughs> Even the killer. <laughs> Even the killer is dead. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> everybody dies. Kara was being sarcastic, I... but. Oh, no. No, no. Um, my killer is dead and all of my killer victims are dead, clearly. Did he kill himself? Clearly I'm doing a murder. Uh... Or did he. Like, do a shootout with the cops and fail. No, uh, she actually oh. died in prison at the age of 82. Oh, that's not as fun. Here I was thinking it was, like, some epic, like, fucking struggle to the death. Well, I guess it oh. would be at 82, but. Oh, <laughs> she fought every day. Bitch every day she shanked. fought. Okay, anyway, moving on. All right, so we can thank uh, Netflix for this story because I did not believe it when I was watching this little snippet on this serial killer. Um, But first, I was going to do something. Wait, is this that new series on Netflix? What new series? I don't know. It's like a short story cartoony murder series thing that talks about neighbors that are weird. murderers (gasps) murderers <gasps> yes yes it is okay. did you see it probably if that if you're talking about the lady in california dorothea yeah she poses like a fucking caretaker love it yeah okay let's yes. let's go because i want to see what you pulled from this <laughs> like this bitch was crazy okay okay so the the thing that so it's on netflix it's uh what is it called? Like, I have no killer idea. roommates? Sure. Something like that? Yeah, something with killer. roommates in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, they did one on Dorothea Gray, but she actually used her, one of her yes. late husband's names, which is Puente. So Dorothea Puente. Uh, she was born in January of 29 in California. Uh, She had a traumatic upbringing. Her parents were both alcoholics. Her father repeatedly threatened to commit suicide um, and actually later on died from tuberculosis in 37. Her mother lost custody in 38 and died in a motorcycle accident. Um, Dorothea and her siblings were actually sent to an orphanage and it states she was repeatedly sexually abused as a child, which really kind of sucks. Yeah. Dorothea married at the age of 16 and 45 to a soldier named Fred McFall, who had returned from World War II. She had two daughters between 46 and 48. She sent one child to live with relatives and put the other child up for adoption. Oh. She later left Fred in the late 1948 after she suffers a miscarriage. So they don't get divorced because she gets rid of her first two kids. They get a divorce because she has a miscarriage. She has a miscarriage. Yeah, that's a little... That's very strange. Yeah. Uh, Oh, by the way, all of this information is coming from Wikipedia and Murderpedia. Those were the two, like, were pretty much spot on. So that's where I'm getting off. Before I get really into depth. Um, okay. In the spring of 48, uh, Dorothea was actually arrested for purchasing 
women's accessory using forged checks in Riverside. She was charged and pled guilty to two counts of forgery, serving four months in jail and three years probation. Six months after her release, she left Riverside. So there's one thing. Yeah. So in 52, Dorothea decides to get married again and marries a merchant seaman, Alex Brin, Johansson, in San Francisco. She created a fake persona calling herself Tia Singolia Narada. Sounds good. Nailed it. And claimed to be a Muslim of a Muslim of Egyptian and Israel descent. Okay. Can we talk? Can can we mm -hmm. just real quick? Mm -hmm. The bitch was white as snow. How the fuck? (laughs) Like how? Maybe she got a lot of sun. Maybe she get she got a tan and a, decided you know what today summer. I'm gonna be a Muslim of Egyptian and Israel descent. But she wouldn't have an accent. She'd have no. an American accent. Yep. Oh, but my great 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 grandparents were of like get out of here, fucking crazy. Okay, anyways, that wasn't on the Netflix episode. Continue. No, <laughs> it was not. <laughs> but I did find that to be a little interesting. Yes. Um. So. Dorothea would take advantage of Alex's frequent trips to sea by inviting men into their home and gambling away all of his money. Hmm. She was also a prostitute. Yeah, that they did hit on that. Like that was her job. So we're going to we're going to get a little 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 more. Not a lot, but a little more into detail. So. Oh, no, no, I forgot. Dorothea was arrested in this, in 1960 for owning and operating a brothel under the guise of a bookkeeping firm in Sacramento. She was found guilty and sentenced to 90 days. Uh, in 61, Alex and Dorothea brief... Oh, Alex had Dorothea briefly committed to DeWitt State Hospital after binge drinking, lying, criminal behavior, and suicide attempts. While there, doctors diagnosed her as a pathological liar with an unstable personality. So that was after her whoring and becoming a madam. He committed her to a psych psych hospital. Like, that took him how many... Months, days, years? Uh, let's see. They were, what, married in 52, and she got to, committed in uh, 61. So Almost 11 10 years. years? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Dorothea and Alex divorced in 66, although she would continue to use Alex's name, last name, Johansson, for some time following their separation. Dorothea assumed the identity of Sharon Johansson, hiding her delinquent behavior by portraying herself as a kind Christian woman. She establishes her reputation as caregiver, providing young women a sanctuary from poverty and abuse without charge. Oh, but there's always a charge. Hey, uh, can we can we just rewind just a tad? Did she officially divorce her first husband or did they just separate because she... She- I'm assuming that they divorced. Okay. Because okay. she got arrested again. Or she got married again. 
Yeah, but uh, if you're living different identities. It says that her first husband left her in the late 19 for after she suffered a miscarriage. Yeah, but it doesn't say that they actually got divorced. That's why I asked. <laughs> it just said they separated. Ah, okay. But she did get divorced to Alex. So yeah. that's at least one divorce we know of. Okay. Out of two husbands. All right. But Under a different name. Under a different name. That might be how she did Okay. It. Okay. Possibly. Ooh, that's a good. Did he ever figure out her actual identity? I have no idea. Her fake persona. Now I have so many questions. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. In uh, in 1968, Dorothea married Roberto. Jose Puente. So now we're on our third marriage. Yep, yep. After 16 months, the couple separated with Dorothea citing domestic abuse as the main cause. In 1967, she attempted to serve him. Well, how is that possible? 1968, they get married. 1967, she attempted to serve him with divorce petition, but Puente fled to Mexico. The divorce uh-huh. wouldn't be finalized until 73. Maybe they met, they got married in 67 and she tried to divorce him in 68, but the divorce didn't get finalized till 73. Wow. Okay. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. To be separated and trying to divorce somebody. That's an awful long time. Okay. Uh, The two would actually continue to have a turbulent relationship, and Dorothea filed a restraining order against him in 1975. Dorothea would continue to use Puente's surname for more than 20 years. So that's why... Well, you know, after you fight for X number of years to get divorced, I might as well keep that last name. Right? (laughs) You earned it, sister. You earned it. Okay. Following her divorce, uh, Dorothea would focus on running a boarding house located at 21st and F Street in Sacramento. She established herself as a uh, genuine resource to the community to aid alcoholics, homeless people, and mentally ill people by holding alcohol anonymous meetings and assisting individuals to sign up uh, to receive Social Security benefits. She changed her public image to that of a reputable older matron by putting on vintage clothing and wearing large granny glasses and letting her hair turn gray. So for our listeners and people who haven't seen this episode, she was like in her 40s or 50s, but she made herself look like she was 60 or 70 years old. So she aged herself intentionally like over 20 years, which is insane to make herself yeah genius to okay. make herself look genius. more welcoming and old ladyish and you know kind-hearted yeah. christian woman but yeah like she was like granny going out and purposely dyeing her hair grayer yeah and wearing like yeah. old-fashioned like makeup styles and shit like it that's insane it's fucking genius she's genius anyways uh she also established herself as a respected member of Sacramento's Hispanic community, funding charities, scholarships, and radio programs. She eventually met and married Pedro Angel Montalvo, 
though uh, Pedro abruptly left the relationship only a week after the marriage. He said, nope. <laughs> like, how long were they dating? And they was like, yeah, 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 Mar- marrying her sounds great. And then, what? A week later, the fuck did I do? Yeah. Yeah, we've all been there. Well, not no, a we week. Haven't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Few years, yes. A week, no. Okay, so in 78, uh, Dorothea was charged and convicted of illegally cashing 34 state and federal checks belonging to her tenants. She was given five years probation and ordered to pay $4,000 in restitution. In April of 82, 53-year-old Ruth uh, Monroe began living with Dorothea in her upstairs apartment, but soon died from an overdose of codeine and acetaminophen, also could be called Tylenol. Tylenol, yeah. Uh, Dorothea told the police that the woman was very depressed because her husband was terminally ill. Uh, They believed her and ruled her death as a suicide. Now, in the documentary, Dorothea and Ruth were partners in some business, and Ruth was fronting all the money and it, it eventually had to they had to close it down because Ruth couldn't afford it her husband was ill and her son made a huge stink about her death saying that she would not commit suicide she yeah. was killed and it was nobody out of character yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah nobody believed him so a few weeks later the police returned to returned after Malcolm McKenzie a 74 year old uh pensioner one of four elderly people in Dorothea's was accused of drugging, accused Dorothea of drugging and stealing from him. On August 18th, 82, Dorothea was convicted of three theft charges and sentenced to five years in prison. There, she began corresponding with Everson Gulmuth, a 77-year-old retiree from Oregon, a pen pal ship developed, and when Dorothea was released in 85, after serving three of her five years, he met her outside the prison, driving a red 1980 Ford pickup truck. Their relationship developed quickly, and the couple was soon making wedding plans. So that would be husband number five? I don't know. I've lost count. I think, I think five. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This, is, this was not in the documentary, and just... I don't know why it tickles me so much. <laughs> I think it's that nervous, nervous thing. Anyways, okay. In November of 85, Dorothea hired a man named Ismail Flores to install some wood paneling for her apartment. For his labor and $800, Dorothea gave him a red Ford pickup. <laughs> which oh, she stated no. belonged to her boyfriend in Los Angeles, who no longer needs it. She asked Flores to build a six by three by two foot box to store books and other items in. Six. She then asked Flores to transport the filled sealed box to storage storage depot. Flores agreed and Dorothea assisted him. Dorothea told Flores to stop on Garden Highway in Sutter County and dumped the box of junk on the riverbed at an unofficial household junk dumping site. 
On January 1st, 86, a fisherman spotted a suspicious-looking coffin-like box near the river and called the police. Investigators opened the box and found the body, uh, found a badly decomposed, unidentified body of an elderly man inside. Dorothea continued to collect Gilman's pension and wrote letters to his family. What was his first name? I lost his first name. Everson. Dorothea continued to collect Everson's pension and wrote letters to his family explaining the reason he had not contacted them was because he was ill. She continued to maintain a boarding house, taking in 40 new tenants. Uh, Gilmas body remained unidentified for three years. That would really suck. Please tell me if you make a coffin, that's what he made. This guy. And an old lady tells you, I'm just going to fill this with books and junk. And you pick up this coffin that is clearly heavy, full of junk. I mean, are you not asking questions because you just got a truck out of the deal? My (laughs) question. Like, I built this fucking box and you want me to dump it on the side of what? Like, is he not the same person that helped build the box? I feel like a seven moment. Every time I say that, I want to be like, what's in the box? (laughs) That's just, it's crazy. Anyways, okay, we continue. (laughs) And so does Dorothy. Dorothy continued to accept elderly uh, boarders and was popular with local social workers because she accepted referrals of quote unquote tough cases, including drug addicts and abusive tenants. She collected tenants' monthly mail before they saw it and paid them siphons, pocketing the rest for quote-unquote expenses. Mm. During this period, uh, parole agents visited Dorothea at least 15 times. Though she had been ordered to keep away from the elderly and refrain from handling government checks, no violations were ever noted. They were out at her house 15 times and nothing was noted. So uh, suspicion was first arose when neighbors noted odd activities of homeless alcoholic known only as Chief, whom Dorothea stated she had adopted and hired as her handyman. Dorothea had Chief dig in the basement and add cart soil and rubbish or Sorry, dig in the basement and cart soil and rubbish away in a wheelbarrow. At the time, the basement floor was covered in a concrete slab. Chief later dismantled and dismantled and garage, probably dismantled a garage in the backyard. Yeah. And installed a fresh concrete slab there as well. Soon after, Chief disappeared. So this is the one that was on the the documentary. Uh, On November 11th, 88, police inquired after the disappearance of tenant Alvaro Montoya, a developmentally disabled man with schizophrenia who had been reported missing by his social worker. After noticing disturbance in the soil on the property, they uncovered the body of tenant Lelona Carpenter, 78, 
and seven bodies were eventually found buried on the property. So what essentially started this was the social worker for Alvaro, Alvaro Montoya. She got really connected with this particular patient, I guess you could say. And she really wanted the best for him. And so she sent him to Dorothea's because she was so well known in the community for helping people. And what it doesn't say here, but it does say in the documentary was that the social worker actually called one week and Dorothea answered the phone and told her he had gone to Mexico. Yeah. With family on a trip with family Yeah, on a trip and which didn't make any sense to the social worker. Cause he hadn't seen his family in years. Yep. So that was a red flag. And the, she kept calling and kept calling. And then another tenant actually answered the phone one time and she asked him about Montoya going to Mexico. And he said, no, nobody's ever gone to Mexico. So that's why she called yep. and reported him missing. So that just kind of catches everybody up. So eventually they found seven bodies buried on the property. Now, Dorothea was charged with a total of nine murders, but during the initial investigation, Dorothea was not Im- immediately a suspect. They actually allowed her to leave the property to go buy a cup of coffee at a nearby hotel. Instead, after buying the coffee, she fled immediately to Los Angeles, where she befriended an elderly man whom she met at in a bar. Unbeknownst to Dorothea, this man recognized her as the woman he saw on television and news reports. Uh, The man contacted local law enforcement who quickly arrested Dorothea. So she tried to get away with it and that did not. No, did not. not Didn't work. Backfired. (laughs) Uh, All right. Granting the change of venue motion filed. Wait, did I miss something? Do, 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 quickly rest. Nope. Okay. So she uh, requested a change of venue and it was granted. And that was filed by uh, Dorothea's lawyer, Kevin Claymo and Peter Valton. A judge transferred the trial to Monterey County. Trial began on October 92 and ended a year later. The prosecutor, John Omar, was the homicide supervisor in Sacramento County District's attorney's office. Omar called over 130 witnesses. He argued to the jury that Dorothea had used sleeping pills to put her tenants to sleep, then suffocated them, and hired convicts to dig the holes in her yard. He concluded in his closing argument that by showing a picture of commonly used in psychology that can be viewed in different ways and saying, keep in mind, things are not always as they seem. The jury deliberated over a month and eventually found Dorothea guilty of three out of the eight murders. Uh, But the jury was deadlocked 11 to one for conviction of all counts. Oh, so she barely, barely got that. Yep. Uh, the lone holdout finally agreed to convict of the first of two first degree murder counts, including special circumstances and one second degree murder count. Uh, the penalty phase of the prosecution was highlighted by her prior convictions uh, introduced by Omar. So 
Uh, that's insane. That is insane. That is a lot of people to call. Uh, the defense called several witnesses who showed Dorothea had a generous, generous and caring side to her. Uh, witnesses, including her long-lost daughter, testified how Dorothea had helped them in their youth and guided them to successful careers. Mental health experts testified of Dorothea's abusive upbringing and how it motivated her to help the less fortunate. At the same time, they agreed she had an evil side. Oh, oh. Huh. Uh, brought on by the stress of caring for her down and out tenants. <clears throat> no, no, I think this I'm bitch had it. Now, yeah, yeah, I think she had it planned out from the fucking start. There's none of this. Oh well, her history says otherwise. No, nope, yeah. nope. This, this woman <laughs> drugged her tenants, yes. kept their money, and pretty much got away with it for a little while uh, until. She killed the wrong one. I'm well, I know in, Net- in the Netflix series, they mentioned something about they finally realized that she was violating her parole. And that's what she also- she admitted. Yeah. So when they questioned her uh, because she had gone to jail for fraud and accepting other people's checks and that kind of thing. When they brought her in, she didn't admit to the murder. She admitted that she was violating her parole yes. by continuing to have these elderly people stay with her while she collect their checks. So that she did admit to that. I, I had forgotten about that, but yep. yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. All right. So Dorothea was convicted of three of the murders, although the jury cannot agree on the other six. After several days of deliberations, the jury was deadlocked seven to five. Judge Michael J. Fox. Verga. Uh, yeah, so right? close. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, declared a mistrial when the jury said further deliberations would not change their minds. Under law, Dorothea received life without the possibility of parole and was incarcerated in Central California Women's Facility. Uh, for the rest of her life. She maintained her innocence, insisting that all of her boarders had died of natural causes. Dorothea died in prison on March 27, 2011, from natural causes. She was 82. Three. Crazy like, Imagine committing that many murders and only being convicted of three because the people on the jury like, bought your fucking I'm 20 years older than I am innocent old lady bullshit act. Yeah. Like, yeah. just imagine, like, imagine being the lawyer, like, the against opposing lawyer to this woman and just, like, open your fucking eyeballs, people. Yeah. I think if I was the prosecutor, I would have asked them to dye her hair, like, as close to as natural as they could. Even if it was gray, it wasn't as gray as she kept dyeing it. Yeah. So even if it was gray, maybe give her some highlights, get her a normal pair of glasses for that time and put her in normal clothing. Yeah. I would not let her walk out there like the 82 year old woman that she died as. Yes. Because I just don't think that that, but you got to give it to her, man. Playa Playa did good. Like, in the, the documentary is pretty good because I think they take a lot of the social workers bit of the story. Yeah. And she yeah. actually started building relationships with the other tenants of Dorothea's 
thing. And that's how she got, you know, down to the nitty gritty of, like, he didn't fucking leave at all. But yeah, the red flag of, oh, well, he went on a trip with his family. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. He hasn't talked to his family in fucking decades. Like, yeah, he probably doesn't even know who's in his family. Yeah. But she did. I'm just saying, like, for a social worker, she did great detective work. And that's what blew this whole thing up. Yep. So it it only takes one, man. I'm just saying. Anybody can be a detective. Start watching forensic files, people. You never know when it's going to be you. (laughs) (laughs) You could solve a murder, murder mystery today. But yeah, oh god, like, I wouldn't want that. That's too much stress. Yeah, that's yeah. that's crazy. We watched She's the, crazy. We watched that show and we were just like, what the fuck? You should have known I was gonna do a story on it. Like the fact that she was burying these bodies in her backyard. Yeah. But yeah. I'd still and be found- pissed off. Why? If I built a fucking box and then this bitch had me loaded into the truck that she gifted gifted me and then JK on our way to wherever, just dump it on the side of the road. Like, I would have been mad. That's a big box. Probably took some time. Right? But he did get $800 and a truck out of it, so. That was the other thing. She reached out to that guy's family and just told him, oh, he's been very, very sick. And then sent him a fucking letter that he passed away. She wrote to that guy's family as him. Yes, I know. But then followed up with an, a letter that, oh, he passed away peacefully in his sleep. Oh, yeah. She did yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> like, what in the actual, what the fuck? What did she say to these crazy old men that made them think, oh, my God, she's the one for me? She was a whore. She had practice. Oh, this is true. She was a madame. Well, she was a whore first, then became a Well, madame. yes, I know, but so she had all the ins and outs of that worked out. Yeah. Told them yeah. what they wanted she, to hear. Exactly. As long as they signed over their checks, she didn't <laughs> care. You got a pension? All... No, I'm not interested. You get Social Security? Oh, no, you're too young for me. Sorry. Crazy. crazy. Like it's the... a wild trip. And how many marriages did she go through? Five, six? I, I think I think I got five. Almost six. No, four, almost five. She killed the fifth one for the truck. Oh, yeah, that's right, for the truck. And his pension checks. And then pretty much his funeral was in the back of that truck. Yeah. On the way to the side of the road. It's crazy. That's right. And imagine taking three years to fucking identify a body. This is why I want to be cremated. Right. I don't want somebody digging up my bones and being like, who's this body? And then my bones are just laying there. Well, they kind of still will be. No. I'll be Ash. Be good. I did It'll like, in the documentary, when they were detect- detectifying her house, right? And they pulled back the carpet, like fucking disgusting. Oh, yeah. Where they found the... The All the blood, blood. and yep. the smell. Yeah, that was And then crazy. they asked her in the fucking interrogation room, would you ever have a use for lye? Or lime? Yes. No. And she said no. No, but they had yeah. picture evidence of a fucking container of the stuff from yeah. her house. Yeah. Nope, I'd never use that. Oh, just kidding. That was so, one of the maintenance workers. 
when the detective was talking about digging up the bodies, he described, uh, as they were digging, he described that they pulled up like this uh, leather type stuff. And then he later said that it was skin from, from one of the bodies. Oh, God. It yeah. Was, that was bad. Like, I'll have to add that picture. Maybe I won't. No, Maybe no, I will. No, no, yeah. No, no. He said it he was, was just making a pile of it. Yeah. Like just some. He probably yeah. didn't have gloves on either. Oh, I'm sure he did. I don't they know. They were in a, a scene. He had gloves on. Are you I'm sure? sure. Yeah. Yeah, because after that first body was discovered, it was a crime scene. Bottom line. Yeah, true that. So. True that. Yep. And then they let her go to get coffee. This bitch ran. <laughs> Where's she at? I don't she know. Probably, she probably could have gotten away if she left California. Yeah. Change your name Isn't again. Isn't that terrifying? Yep. Change your name. Get the fuck out of California. But she stayed in California, so. Because that would have just been like a local or statewide story. It didn't go nationwide, so. She could have still been burying people in her backyard today under Dorothea fucking Sanchez or something. No telling. Or whatever Egyptian descendant name she decided to go with. What a crazy story. Like, even watching the documentary is just like a roller coaster of emotions. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And when I was reading, I was like, this wasn't in the documentary. Yeah. <laughs> so I tried to like stay out of the documentary because yeah. I knew we, we could talk about it. I didn't know you watched it, but the fact that you watched it totally worked out and like kind of reaffirmed me staying out of the documentary. Yep. For the stuff you didn't know. Like, I didn't know she was married four times. Yeah. And I didn't know about the, the guy building the box for her because that wasn't in there either. No. Or her That's giving crazy. the truck away or the fact that she fucking had two kids and fucking her husband left her for a third. Like, what? Yeah. That part, that math isn't math. But yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Smart bitch, though smart bitch well, play yeah. the grandma card everybody loves grandma they do everybody loves grandma especially ones that want to help the community yes yeah yeah oh god bless her heart yes people are crazy <laughs> oh welcome to this that was one thing that they said at the end of the documentary usually a house that is deemed a murder you know location or whatever gets destroyed but they couldn't destroy this particular house because of where it was built or how it was built within the neighborhood it was how long ago it was built so it was still standing there yes the house is still standing to this day maybe you could do a ghost story on it uh no nope no thank you just imagine being the person to buy that house yeah no no i don't think i'd want to Oh, no, the, uh, uh, the wine. And the growls. There's a... The dog's probably in the yard. He's trying to tell him who's boss from behind the glass. From <laughs> from behind the window. I will yep. tell you who yep. owns this yard. This is my yard! So, but yeah, Which that, means that later I'm going to have to walk him out in the front yard and let him pee on everything. Of course. 
reaffirm his position as. Boys. Why can't you just dress up like a grandma and kill people? Come on. Yes. Anyways. So, that's my story. Dorothea Puente. Slash whatever the fuck her other name grandma. was. Slash murder grandma. Slash not really Killer grandma. Roommate. Slash. <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking what? It's always the crazy. Yeah, she was a crafty bitch. I'm just saying. <sighs> crafty. Crafty, crafty. Well, that was good. I like that you brought in the not documentary tidbits. There was a lot more to that story than what they tell you. So now you got a full picture. Now you got to go back and rewatch it, knowing what you know now. No. No. Yeah. Once was enough. I tried. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I tried. Uh, Let's see. I hope everybody had a great St. Patty's Day. Yeah. Because when this comes out, it will have been. If you're still recovering from a hangover, it's okay. It's okay. You're good. More water, Gatorade. Just take it slow. Uh, Go back on our page. I posted a hangover cure remedy. So go find it. It's pretty tasty. Um, Do you know this from experience? I mean, I'm kind of a pro. All right. So yes. Um Are we missing something? Hold on. St. Patty's Day. Is there anything coming up? I don't think so. I think we're all right. So just the St. Patty's Day. Easter's next we month. We got that. Easter's next month. Uh we hope everybody survived the 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 time change. It will get easier. The springing forward. This week was probably difficult, but yeah. it will get easier. Don't be like Sarah. Just go out and embrace the sun. Get a lot of D in your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Other than that, I don't, yeah, I don't right. think there's anything else. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, a lot of birthdays this month. Holy crap! We got four this upcoming week. Huh? Yeah. You enjoy that. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to tell you can find us in all of the dot coms. All of them, except for Twitter. We're not on Twitter or TikTok. Or TikTok. But all the rest of them we got. We're not on Snapcrap, Trap Chat, Snap Snapchat. Snapcrap. Yep. Yep. Sarah has, uh, you know, steered clear of sending inappropriate videos to inappropriate people. <laughs> like cousins uh, but we are on Facebook and Instagram Coffee Chaos Chatter uh, go check out our website coffeechaoschatter.com we have merch Redbubble right did I say that right you did yes yeah. Redbubble mm-hmm. Red um, we have links uh, on our Facebook Instagram and on our website to our merch store yep. we got lots of cool coffee cups hats shirts Anything your heart desires. Backpacks. Scarves. Backpacks. Notebooks. Scarves. Got notebooks. No pins. No pins. Um, what am I missing? Discord. Discord. How could I forget Discord? I don't know. 
join our discord uh we've got links on all of our socials for discord as well it's free it's fun we've got lots of giveaways um lots of giveaways we can do so many giveaways uh patreon show us some love Mm -hmm. you can donate on our patreon catch some sneak sneak snippets sneak snippets on friday oh i do apologize this last friday was a little busy doing i don't remember what but i didn't get the sneak snippet so do apologize i'm gonna need you to do better with sneak snippets yes i'm yeah okay okay we're gonna do better with sneak snippets screw you Uh, I think that's it. If you don't want to do the monthly sub through Patreon, we will be doing PayPal and Cash App. Yep. Yep. Donations. One-time donation. You know. Cool. Cool. And if you join our Discord, you'll get your own little category code or your own little role as a donator slash contributor slash chaos. And you get a lot of cool free stuff and you can talk to us and we love discord. So join discord because it'll make our life easier. Yeah. Until next time. Bye. Bye.